Hey guys, this is Georgia with Ancient Aliens, and you're listening to That One Time I Was Abducted by Aliens with Jamie and Bree. You're listening to That One Time I Was Abducted by Aliens. I'm Jamie. I'm Bree, and we're two sides of the coin. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode in the Corona universe of That One Time I Was Abducted by Aliens. I know that we haven't been around for a hot second, and there's a lot going on in the world right now, and we're going to talk a little bit about it. I'm going to start off personally by saying I have felt so unmotivated in the past like few weeks because of everything that's happening. I've like I've still been working. I haven't had a bunch of time off, and I've just been my brain's been dead. I feel like once I come home from work, I'm so exhausted. I've been working overnight shifts, so I'm sleeping during the daytime. I'm on an opposite schedule of Brie, and then when I am awake, I'm just I'm miserable because I can't leave my house, and you guys all know the struggles we're all dealing with right now, and it's a little bit hard for me personally to try to get research in and to really jump into this topic because I'm just so scatterbrained. I don't know about you. What about you, Brie? You know, today we're going to talk about quite a few things. We want to touch on current events and just where we're all at, but then we also want to jump back into our remote viewing series. And we've had this for a while now. We've had all of these things that we're going to talk about, and then we were kind of just sideswiped by all of this crazy stuff going on. It's overbearing. There's so many things being pushed on us, just like mentally and emotionally, that I think it's been hard to get on track to where we were before, like focusing on what we were researching and what actually inspires us. Keeping this whole thing going and staying on that type of positive train, it's taken over to, you know, you open up your phone and then you're just like seeing crazy stuff everywhere that then it's hard to be like, okay, reel it in and get back to where we were before. Yeah. But that's, I think, what we want to do. It's been like enough is enough, you know, it's one crazy thing after the next. Yeah, for sure. And so I think I was even telling uh, Raya the other day, I was like, Honestly, I just want to go back to only looking at UFO videos and listening to like meditation tapes. Like I just want to go back to being focused, things that, you know, are good for your soul and mind and focusing on those kinds of things. And it's been hard to do when, you know, everywhere you go, everyone you see is being majorly affected by so many things happening in the world all at once. It's like one giant collapse. It's just... I feel like I was watching something on TikTok and it was talking about how like the world is, is we're going in, we're going into a higher dimension, right? And all this shit that's happening is a byproduct of us ascending into that higher dimension. And I definitely vibe with that. I think that a lot of the things that are happening are necessary. Um, although it's hard to watch and hard to be a part of, I think that Everything that's happening is supposed to happen, and we're headed in a better direction. Everything has to happen for a reason. And sometimes things literally have to be torn apart in order to, you know, make something new. Yeah. I wish there was, wasn't so much confliction between people. There's a lot of divide. I wish we could just come together and just acknowledge what's happening everywhere, whether you think it's planned or whether you think it's just been a long time coming. I feel like we should just focus on what are we going to do about it now? Like, I'm tired of people focusing on who's to blame. Let's just move forward. 
What can we do? What can you and I do? What can we do in our everyday lives? What kind of conversations can we start having? That's not necessarily about red and blue anymore. That seems to be the biggest issue. It's everything's red and blue. It creates such a divide in us altogether that we just need to find the next step. Like what conversation can we have after everyone points the fingers at each other? Like, let's just leap forward and find the solution to it. We need to be purple, yeah, not red and blue. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I absolutely, absolutely. I agree with you. I think that we're just living in a really hard time right now. It's hard with everything that's going on. Like we, I just had someone ask us, they were like, oh, do you see that video from Brazil of that UFO? And it was, I was like, no, I've been like so bombarded with other things in the news media that like. I feel like I'm forgetting what me and you are doing here. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's what I mean by being overbeared with so much going on with people. And even if you don't watch the news every day, if you just talk to people, if you open up any of your social medias, it's there. It's in your face. It's everyone pushing what's going on in the mainstream narrative and the alternative narrative and then people's personal viewpoints. So it's hard to get back on track and just stay focused on that. That's that's what I meant by I just want to go back to watching UFO videos. I know. I'm with you. I'm like, I'm just, I'm ready for the spaceship to come and just abduct us already. Like, get me out of here, buddy. That's all I see. People do a lot of that. Like, I want to go. I'm ready to go. And I, I completely understand that. I, I mean, obviously, I feel the same way. But at the same time, I feel like we can't abandon this place. Like, it's our responsibility to heal. You know, if we just walk away, then that's just another karmic lesson we're going to have to go through. So I feel like this is just, it's our time to decide, are we really over these things? Like these are ancestral wounds that we're going through. Oh, for sure. These are things that we've gone through over and over and over again through decades and different times on the planet, different incarnations. These are, these are struggles that we've all had to deal with. So I think we're just presented with all of it. Like, are you guys ready to face this and move beyond it? Are you truly done with it yet? I don't know, man. Shit's crazy. I know. At least here in Santa Clara County, we're moving towards the next phase of reopening. Mm-hmm. I just got the alert on my phone, actually, that starting Friday, basically everybody can be open. They can start doing outdoor dining at restaurants, things like that. I didn't get an alert on my phone. Do you have it set up? I have no idea. Lord knows I don't like to give the government my information, so. Yeah, I know. I really shouldn't, but I like to get the alerts. The government already has my goddamn fingerprints. Like, what else do they want from me? That's very true. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, so that's, it's like a small step forward. There's things, you know, it's like coronavirus, and then it's just like all the chaos. Obviously, Black Lives Matter, and then there's chaos with it, and then we're all forgetting about coronavirus. And then they're like, we can open because of coronavirus. I wonder if that's just because they don't want to add any more trouble. <laughs> like they don't need both protesters. Yeah, I don't know at this point. I will I will like to say me and you will make a stand currently. Black Lives Matter. Yeah. Hands down. For sure. And it's yeah. not it's not about all lives matter. I, I get that a lot of people want to say that as like a return, but it's not about that. We're not all treated equally. We have to accept that fact. And all lives only matter once we're all treated equally. And as of right now, black lives matter. And that's what we need to focus on. And I think that that's important. I'm very happy that it's in the news cycle because I think it's about time. I think that we've been building up to something like this, the mistreatment of, of people of all different shades and colors here in uh, just any person who's not white is treated horrible. I mean, 
I will say that me and Brie are very lucky to live in an area in California where we don't have it as much as other places. I won't say that we don't have it at all because I'm not those people. So I, I can't comment on whether or not it's happening, but I will say that, you know, we're lucky enough to live in a very inclusive part of California where we don't, we don't come across so much of that in, in our area. And I'm very thankful for that, but that needs to be like that across the rest of the world as well. You know, we, we need to fight to make everyone equal. And once we're all on that equal plane, who knows what we can accomplish. That's a really great point. We are very lucky. You know, growing up, I really didn't see it that much. And most people don't know, but I, I moved to Florida in the middle of eighth grade. My family and I picked up, moved to Florida for a year or so. And that was the biggest culture shock for me. I mean, I don't know how far they've progressed now, but when I had moved there, it was the biggest, biggest culture shock for me to realize that these things really do exist. We, we just have everything here and it's a lot more accepting. And then you're kind of confronted with these things are still underlying we're basically very privileged to not have to see that in the streets every day, but it is happening. So we do have to be aware mm -hmm. and find a solution. I'm now on the solution path. We just need to really focus on holding our, I feel like holding our energy in love. Like that's really what we need. There's so much anger and hate, even though it's for a good cause, it's still that low vibration, you know? So I just feel like we really have to do our best to balance it out bring more of a loving vibe to it. Absolutely. All right. Well, speaking of all that love and positivity, we did have an absolutely wonderful positive thing happen that unfortunately is getting a little, you know, shadowed by what's going on. Very fairly though, this is very minor. Other things are more important, but I do want to bring attention to the beautiful rocket launch that just happened with SpaceX. To me, that was a moment where I'm like, see, I'm proud to be an American here. American astronauts on American soil and what, since 2011? It felt like it it was something positive to look forward to. It felt like a little taste of what we might feel like is the future, but really I personally feel like things we've already had. So it's almost like a step in, hey, these are kind of things that we have already had for a while and now you guys are able to see it. I like that. I feel like it, like we're moving forward in that way. And space exploration is very important in my mind. I feel like the more that we're open about it, the more we acknowledge that there's other beings, existence everywhere. And then we can stop focusing on what's just happening here on this planet. You know, we need to start focusing like how can we bring all of the glories and the wonders and mysteries of space and blend it in with our, our reality. Well, really what the SpaceX launch kind of like how it vibed with me is it made me think like, okay, this is not our government doing this. This is the people doing it. You know, this is, this is now bringing space to the American people, not just our governments, not just selected people who are allowed to go up there and not talk about it. You're now opening the floodgates to private citizens, private companies being able to go up there, gather their own information and bring it back down. So I think it's a huge doorway that's been opened. Maybe not all the way because we don't know we don't know how in bed SpaceX is with the government. You know what I mean? But it is a step in that right direction that it's opening it up to the rest of the world. I now have hope that I could possibly go to SpaceX and be like, I want to be a fucking astronaut, bro. Let me <laughs> let me up on that bitch. And like, who knows? Elon might be like, I like your fucking muster and your moxie. Let's get on the fucking spaceship, bro. And I'll be like, 
10 minutes. It's my birthright. And he'll be like, 10 minutes, it's your birthright. Yeah, for $55 million a seat. Listen, if we start a GoFundMe and everyone (laughs) gives us a dollar, we could be in space in two years. I'm just like, I hope it really is going to be open to everyone. And it's not really like they have this major compound up in space because they know that shit's going to hit the fan here. So it's like whoever has the money to buy a seat up there, you got a room. It's the escape pod. I mean, I feel like you. W- I feel like you wouldn't want to go on the escape pod, though. I th- I feel like you'd be like, those those fuckers are taking the easy way out. Fuck you guys. That's very true. Yeah, I think you'd be like, yeah, fuck you, motherfuckers. Go up in space, and I hope you fucking choke <laughs> on space dust and die. Oh man, the aliens up there. The aliens up there are probably like, mm, look at these new snacks that just came up here. I'm oh, so hungry. I will say, you know, I watched the live feed. All that whole morning when they finally went up when they finally took off I was just staring at the background like yo like now is the time for the aliens to cruise on by like I'm trying to see some background stuff like show up guys show up I was hoping for that but oh well yeah yeah 100% so moving forward we want to talk about remote viewing that it feels like such a long time ago that we started this saga of remote viewing well you know what Maybe we can start using this for the solution I'm talking about. Maybe we can start using this technique for how can we fix things in the future? What could possibly happen in the future? How can we use this to our advantage? When we learn more about things that our government has been researching in the past and how to us it seems so esoteric and so out there, but you realize that they've taken it seriously before then we can also be a part of that. And maybe we can use that for our own gain. So let me just recap for a quick second. So our last episode, we talked about the key players in this whole uh, remote viewing situation. And we talked about a little bit of the backstory, where it's coming from, what remote viewing is. And what we're really going to focus on this episode, we're going to stay true to our name of that one time I was abducted by aliens. We are going to link this remote viewing to aliens. But in order to do that, we do have to talk a little bit about how the government even got involved with looking in to remote viewing. And realistically, as always, it leads back to Nazis. So basically the gist of it is to give you like a a quick breakdown is, is it's always been rumored as we know that the, the Nazis were entangled in a little bit of occultness, a little bit of aliens, a little bit of, they dabbled here and there in the dark arts, let's call them. So when Nazi Germany fell, there was this huge rush to get into Germany to steal as much information that we could out of these like Nazi bunkers and their headquarters and stuff. And it just so happened that they had some paperwork talking about psychics and using psychic ability in order to, to do like warfare and to look onto things and to talk to aliens and such. Multiple different countries gathered this information and these paperwork. And the biggest country that kind of swooped in and grabbed stuff was Russia. And if you know anything about the time frame we're talking about, we're talking, we're talking when we are in the height of like anti-communism, we're like basically fighting Russia fist to fist in the fucking snow. We're like motherfuckers. And the government, as always, how they do things, they realize that the Russians could have some information about this. And if they're taking it seriously and they're researching it, we have to take it seriously in research. Just like we're talking about like the moon landing. You know, the only reason we really went to the moon was because of Russia and China trying to get up on that motherfucker. So of course, as the American government, we are, we cannot be second. We have to be first and we have to know all the information before everyone else. So the whole idea and the study of 
this particular phenomenon we're talking about really came because other countries were looking into it. Not because necessarily our government took it seriously or they like saw some shit. They were like, well, if everyone else is looking into it, we better look into it. Typical. Typical. Exactly. (laughs) But at the same time, that's what I mean. Like maybe if we realize how our government took it seriously, maybe other people will take it seriously as well. Oh, for sure. For sure. And, you know, it it was a very expensive project and it, it lasted for years. And, you know, there's a big debate on the results of this thing, you know, it, it, but I feel like that comes with any of this paranormal stuff. It's like the government looks into it and then they just, they're like, hmm, they don't really give you an answer. They're like, I mean, we looked into it for 10 years or so and we spent millions of dollars, but I'm not going to tell you what we thought about it. We're just gonna, we're gonna just let you know we were, we were there. And so it's like an interesting thing. You have a lot of people who were deep inside of the program saying like how real everything is. And then you have a lot of people looking from the outside trying to call bullshit on a lot of things that they're saying. And it's hard because you don't have the facts and you don't know unless you are really there because of course the information they released about it is heavily scrubbed. And a lot of it is redacted to exactly what's going on. Well, I will say there is plenty. Well, I feel that there's still plenty on the CIA website to sift through. And what they do have in there, I feel like, is full of little golden nuggets. Well, why don't you give us some of those little golden nuggets? Well, mainly I feel like their techniques and then them going deep into how they did this and then talking about how, you know, they had like 99% results on certain techniques. They were able to identify what didn't work. And also, let me just say, this wasn't just one project. No. This thing changed names over the years. Mm-hmm. And then changed back. And then- <laughs> right. So from what I know, we have Scanit, Grill Flame, Grandola Wish, Center Lane, Sunstreak, Stargate, which we're going to talk about. But if you were to go on the CIA website, you can get all of these things all under Stargate category. And then there's all these different kinds of programs and things that they kind of offshoot from that. Their biggest thing that they really did with all of these different phenomena is remote viewing because they could use that for their advantage. They had so many different tasks that they can accomplish with that. Even right there on the website, they talk about the different categories that they used and how they could implement these different phenomena. They were accessing targets that would be inaccessible otherwise. They could find out science and technology information, um, different intelligence information, like you were saying, from Russia and from other agencies around the world. They could identify different nuclear targets. So obviously, that's extremely important to the intelligence agency. These are like all the secrets that you can access where normally you would have absolutely no access to. And so they developed these main three techniques in order to accomplish all these different tasks. So we have CRV, which is known as coordinate remote viewing. And that was the biggest one in SRI and Stanford Research Institute International. Stanford Research International, SRI. Right. Now, was this the one you're talking about where they like they're putting the coordinates inside of an envelope, sealing the envelope, putting the sealed envelope like in front of them and being like, what's this? Yes. Gotcha. Absolutely. That's what they did. And that's, I think, was their biggest technique. Their most successful technique. Right. And that started in the 1960s. That was founded by Ingo Swan. I believe we talked about him in the last episode where we went over remote viewing. And so they were able to find these really specific geological locations just based off of a coordinate that was written inside an envelope and sealed. 
Then we have ERV, which is extended remote viewing. And this is like a relaxation method. You're basically going into a meditative state. You're blocking off all of your extra other senses that you have in the room. So you're just kind of sitting in that void of meditation. And then you're able to gather information that way that comes to you, which I feel like a lot of people do now in meditation. That's kind of the point is to just block all these other distractions off and then just kind of get the information, the pure information that's just coming to you without any outside sources influencing you. And then you have WRV, which is written remote viewing. That's kind of a hybrid of the channeling when you're in that meditative state, but then also automatic writing. We have also talked about shortly, we're talking about like all the different divination tools. When you're in this kind of meditative state and you just put your pen to paper and you just let your hand, you're free flowing, you're sort of channeling that information, but you're putting it down on paper. I think it's important to talk about too how they tested a lot of these these methods that they were using. It wasn't like they they gave somebody a coordinate to the pyramids, let's say, and the guy's like, oh, that's the pyramids. Doesn't really necessarily work like that. You have to think of things in a much more astral plane. You're going to be getting symbols and and snippets of things. And so what they were doing is the person would write down all this information that they're that they're remote viewing of, and then that information was given to a completely separate panel of people who didn't listen in, had no idea, and was giving all these different coordinates and pictures and basically saying, okay, take these notes and you tell me which location it is. And so it was a really good way to check it because you're taking out the entire side of the person who is actually remote viewing. So they have no idea whether or not their results were even correct or not. They're just whatever's coming on their mind, they're writing it down. And they had a huge success rate with this. Don't get me wrong. Of course, as always, not everything's going to be perfect. And we're all humans and we have, you know, all humans think of things differently. But they had this really great method. And I think it's important to understand that it wasn't just like some dude sitting there who was like, oh, yep, it was the pyramids. No, there was a much better process that they used to eliminate and exactly how to nail down if this information was correct or not. Right. I believe they were their job title was like the analysts. They would have no idea. Mm -hmm. So then you have two separate kind of groups of people that have no idea what the main goal and main target is. They're just dealing with the information, you know, in front of them. Mm -hmm. So they can't link the dots themselves. And that's when you know that the information is is pure. And even with all psychic information, it's never 100%. Even psychics themselves are like, this is not 100%. And I believe that could attribute to the fact that there's, I believe, multiple different timelines, multiple different realities. And it's kind of the information based on the trajectory which you're heading towards. But those things can change at any moment. Mm -hmm. Some things will stay the same, but then some things will change. And so when you have an overall success rate, even with like, let's say more than 50%, that's that's still an accomplishment because you still have 50% of information that came to you that was true, that came literally out of thin air. Oh, yeah. Well, I think a lot of people kind of are under this assumption that like, you know, when a psychic says you're going to get hit by a bus on Tuesday that that's 100% exactly what's going to happen. But you also have to remember that I'm a believer in that our lives aren't necessarily predestined, that we, we can take different paths and different avenues at any time to do things. So 
I might be getting hit with a bus on Tuesday, but also <laughs> maybe because I stopped at the certain coffee shop on Wednesday last week, it changed my tra- trajectory. So therefore, I won't be hit by that bus on Tuesday because I won't be in that location on Tuesday. So you have to kind of yes, exactly. think about it in that sense that it's that butterfly effect, right? That nothing's predetermined, that everything is absolutely 100% random, I truly believe. And you're, you're just on these paths and you make these decisions. And at that time, maybe when you got that psychic reading, your decisions led you to that path. But after that reading, you made different decisions. So therefore, that's not your future anymore. So I think that that's important to remember because I know a lot of people hate on psychics. They're like, well, you said this and it didn't come true. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, but the world doesn't work like that. What I'm looking at right now in front of me, this is the information that's telling me. It could be telling me something completely different the next day. Especially if people hear what their outcome is. You never know. You can make the slightest choice because of that information. Yeah. The slightest choice to choose a different route to work or just anything. And then be in a completely different reality or timeline or, or whatever you feel like calling it than the psychic was reading. Yeah, 100%. That happens all the time. Constantly. Sometimes I feel like, like when I'm driving, I'll get like, I, I always drive the same way everywhere, but sometimes I'll get like an inkling to do like go a different way. And I never question it. I just do it because I think it's the universe telling me to like shift some things around. And who knows if that one left turn meant anything. But at the time I'm like, well, I'm not going to chance it. I might as well just take it. <laughs> that happens to me all the time. You know, it, it's cool that they identified these things and then they took them very very seriously. You can find on the CIA website, they go through sort of their different training techniques. And even just with CRV, even just with the coordinate remote viewing that they taught them in six different stages, it would take an average of six months. First, they would start off with getting you to identify different terrains. So like mountains, a river, a desert, things like that. And then you would switch to the precise geological location. Well, and I think what's interesting about it too, is like a big, a big thing that I got from all of this, all of these documentations is that it's not just psychics who can do this. This is a skill for everyone and everyone can do it. They kind of compared it to playing guitar. Anyone can play guitar. It's about practice and it's about dedication. Some people are a little bit more musically inclined, so it comes a little bit more naturally to them. So that's when you're talking about like Ingo Swan and and his natural ability to be involved with this. But their protocols and their training really were teaching just regular ass people how to do this. Yeah. Like I'm looking at one of the documents now that specifically says that Project Sunstreak, which was basically just like Stargate, but it was ran with the DIA. Um, kind of refined this process of technique to the point where they could teach individuals that had previously possessed no sign of having any type of psychic knowing. They didn't basically, you know, just your average Joe that maybe isn't even in tune with their intuition. But after going through all these different processes, they've realized that they can teach these people to remote view with extreme accuracy. And that's literally the the words that are used on this document. And I also find it, let's say when you're trying to meditate at home and you want to get information by yourself, I feel like it's very well known that you have to be in that space of silence and kind of neutrality, not having a specific outcome and kind of trying to be in your perfect balanced state. And I just find it really important that they mention on the website that they've found certain physical aspects to you and your surroundings and sort of like your setting that can impair this information. They talk about 
being hungry even or being upset about something. If there's a bunch of stuff going on in your life, they talk about specific things that seem to cloud your consciousness in order to gather this information. And when they've been able to eliminate all of these things, people are so receptive to information. So you're telling me that the government spent literally millions of dollars to let us know that vibes are important? Literally. <laughs> literally. And and they, they put it, of course, in a scientific term, like there's different consciousness routes and these things can become clogged and impair the ability. They, of course, describe it in more of a intelligent manner. But to all of us, it's like, yeah, vibes matter. It's just like when people talk about doing hallucinogens. Vibes matter. It's set and setting. It's your mindset where you are. If there's things bothering you, even in your life, if you occasionally feel depressed or like you're not doing enough, you know, you have that random thought come across your head that you should have done something a long time ago. So your mindset, you can't have that because it will come up. Your setting, where are you? Who are you around? Is there anything to distract you? That's basically what they're saying. If you can monitor your set and setting, you can gather all of this information. You can be a psychic. And these are things hidden in plain view. There's other documents on there that even talk about crystals and the energy coming from crystals. It's just like these things that no one takes seriously, but they're hidden in plain sight. But I think that that's the government's specialty, though, is it not at this point? It's like they take those important things, they hide them in plain sight. And that's why that's why the government operates the way the, the government operates. It's They're never technically hiding that much information from you. They're actually putting so much information in your face that you don't even realize what, what, what information you're actually taking in. And that's with everything. That's with like different dark elites. That's kind of what they do. They can't operate unless they show you what they're doing in plain sight. And then with you, like with it out there, then it kind of gives them that energy to go forward through it. I just think it's really fascinating that there's another project that they had on here. They have actual drawings. They're basically like little diagrams so you can see it. And it explains the one field of consciousness where you can gather this information from. It shows a block of like the matrix, like what they literally describe as the matrix. So these are concepts that the spiritual people talk about and we try to make sense of, but it's right here on the CIA website. They're diagrams of the fucking matrix. These are things I feel like we have to become aware of. So it's not this woo-woo idea of the matrix, this oneness, the omnipresence, this omniconsciousness and psychic phenomena that they should be taken seriously as a science because it is a science. 100%. It really is. As I was looking into this a lot more, I saw a lot of different videos out there and there's different training facilities, people that do this for a living. And something I came across that I figured you would love is this study, I guess you could say, that they did with Ocean X. Remember when we talked about our underwater madness episode with the Baltic Sea anomaly? Yep. And it is incredible that, again, they're doing it in a way where these people have absolutely no idea. So this was a coordinate remote viewing, but it seems like they were also weaving in different techniques because they were doing a little bit of autom automatic writing. They were drawing pictures. They were drawing down everything that they were gathering. And these people, again, had absolutely no idea what they were doing. It was Ocean X, like, this is the coordinate, what's going on? And all of these people were writing down basically that it was a UFO. And there is one instance where this person was laughing almost like they didn't even want to say it. 
they just kept saying, I'm seeing a UFO. And they're laughing. And they're like, I know this sounds crazy. Like, they're embarrassed by it. Yeah, they're yeah. like, I know this sounds crazy. And, like, I'm sorry, but I know you guys just want to know what I'm, what I'm seeing. And I'm, I'm getting, like, UFO vibes. Like, I'm seeing a UFO. And it's funny because the person looks like they're almost embarrassed. Like, they don't want to say it. But, of course, they have to. Mm-hmm. You can tell, like, the Ocean X people, when they're hearing this, them smile, like, oh, my God, what is going on? Of course, you know, they talk about it being ancient. So a new technology, new to us, but it's actually an ancient technology. They describe it as having a lot of energy. There's one person that was almost describing the propulsion system of it, but they were all so shocked at what they were describing. Like, they weren't taking it seriously because, of course, you know, people still think like a UFO, haha, that's funny. But everything was to the T. One of the person even described it as looking like the Millennium Falcon. You know, dark gray, the energy coming off of it, just everything was so to the point that we assume it is. And everything that they described is exactly what you basically see in those pictures. Well, and there's a lot of instances of that. I will say like one of my favorite kind of things to come out from the whole Stargate was, um, and I think the most well-known is when we're talking about the rings of Saturn um, and we're talking about Ingo, Swan, remote viewing them and it basically coming true like him in a very he he never like you could read the transcript he doesn't flat out say like oh there's a bunch of rings around it but like the way he's talking about it he's like there's these ice particles in the air like and when you go and you scientifically look at how the rings of saturn are you're like holy shit this is exactly what he was describing and this is before we had a real idea that's what was even going on there and so you have a lot of these instances and a lot of these people where the government kind of got out of the idea of let's maybe spy on random countries. Why don't we see what's going on in space, motherfuckers? Like if we can do this here on Earth, let's maybe take this space bound and see what the fuck we got going on. Yeah, we'll definitely get into the different transcripts and things that they read. But it's definitely important to note that although it looks like this program ended and we mentioned that they were under different names over and over again, right? So the program never really ended. It's just like with Project Blue Book. It changed so many different names, but the ultimate goal is the same. That's exactly what the government did. And I don't believe that they ever stopped. I'm going to look, I'll use the Pentagon's own words from, I want to say maybe 2016, 2017. They came out and they were like, hey guys, we use black money to fund black projects to look for aliens and UFOs. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Not just one project, not just one little, like multiple guys. These people are investigating it. So for you to think that some certain particular thing stopped, they just changed the name of it and moved on to something else so that you wouldn't realize what's going on. So they could release a bunch of information about it because, you know, we have the Freedom of Information Act and they have to do shit like that to get it out there. They didn't give us any of the real good juicy stuff and they changed the name so they can continue doing what they're doing. Yeah, but there's just so much on the website, though, where basically like look at all these things we figured it out this is how it can make sense scientifically all this stuff and then then the end it's like oh we did a study though overall and it was pretty much inconclusive for everything so we're just going to scrub it off it's exactly the way that project blue book ended when you know there was like the robinson panel and they all got all their information was like it's nothing that's exactly what they did here it's the same tactic it's look at all these things 
than that there was nothing, which to me is the biggest proof that there was something. I believe that they're still doing it today. And it would make sense to me if that was another reason which aided in our space force, seeing more things that are out there. I mean, if they were gathering information like that way back then, you could only imagine what they have now. So I kind of feel like that also aids in things like militarizing space when you realize all the other things that are out there. Absolutely. I think that's a great note to end on. Next episode, we will jump into the actual transcripts of them seeing them motherfucking aliens up in space. So we love you guys so much. We do. Hang in there. Everybody try to stay positive. We promise we're we're going to get back into the swing of things here. We're going to get back on a schedule, you guys. We should record the next episode in the next few days, hopefully. We're trying our best. I'm slightly depressed. I think Bree is slightly depressed. I think we're all slightly fucking depressed. And, you know, we're all we're trying to get over it. Send us your good vibes and your positive energy. It's really what we need right now. Push that shit out into the universe. We all just need it. We love you all. We love you all very much. Very, very much. Hang in there. I even mildly love Mountain View, California. And again, I will peacefully say that they should go make love to themselves. That's a great note to end off, Jamie. That is a positive. This is how you know that the fucking world is changing. All right. Love you guys. Bye. (laughs) Love you guys so much. Bye-bye.